Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Secret Cabinet. Welcome, everybody, to The Secret Cabinet, the original in German by Der Bodla. I'm the humble translator, Travis Dow, and today, Charles Darwin's Man is But a Worm. Imagine, if you will, a flute player sitting in front of a pot in which sits an earthworm, and the flute player is giving it his all, playing one note after the other. After each sound, he looks into the pot and takes notes. Then he sets the flute down, sits on the piano, and repeats the whole thing. After the earthworm still doesn't react, the flute player starts yelling at him. Or imagine the second scenario, a job interview with Captain Fitzroy. The solemn sailor is searching for a young man to accompany him, to come with him on a boring two-year journey of just taking measurements. And the main task would be to stop him from committing suicide, which is what happened to the previous captain of the ship. He likes one of the candidates, who makes a bright, intelligent impression. But he doesn't like his nose. He decides to forego this candidate and therefore perhaps change the course of history. And now scenario three. A 29-year-old is considering marriage. He creates a list with the pros and cons. On the pro side are children, if it's God's will, a steady companion, friend in old age, an own home, and someone to take care of the household. Maybe charming music and womanly talk. On the contra side, Less money for books, the necessity to work for a living, a horrible waste of time. But the pros outweigh the cons, and besides that, a married couple is, quote, somehow better than a dog. And since he doesn't know who to ask, he marries his cousin. You may have already suspected all three scenarios are about one single person. None other than Charles Darwin. As a young 22-year-old student, he received a letter from his botany professor Henslow, which said that a certain Captain Robert Fritzroy was looking for a companion for his expedition with the HMS Beagle of the Royal Navy to Patagonia, cartographic measurements, and indeed, and not just a natural philosopher and gentleman, but also a moral crutch. Because the captain was afraid of the loneliness, and hence the company because indeed the first captain of the Beagle, Pringle Stokes, who, for the reasons of loneliness, but also because of the disappointment of the useless maps, had taken his own life. And in fact, Fitzroy later also took his life, but not until some time after his return to England. 
the voyage, which wouldn't just be two years, but five, going over the Cape Verdic Islands, Falklands, South America, Galapagos, South Africa, Mauritius, Australia, was because of Darwin's gathered samples of the fauna and flora from the whole world and his observations of nature made it one of the most important expeditions of discovery of all time. His collections of finds and sketches, drawings, would be the basis of his most important work on the origin of species. His formulation of the theory of evolution, which was not published until 22 years after his return. And the whole thing almost fell apart on account of his nose. Robert Fitzroy, you see, was a glowing follower of the physiognomy teachings of the Swiss theologian Johann Kaspar Lavater, where according to the appearance of a person, also his character traits can be deciphered. Following this theory, Fitzroy recognized in Darwin's nose the signs for a lack of determination and energy. But Darwin wrote, in retrospect, he didn't have to worry because his nose had bore false witness. And returning to England, he carried thoughts of marriage. And also this enterprise, he went about in a very scientific way and composed the already mentioned pros and cons table, which is to this day preserved, scribbled on the backside of a letter from one of his friends. Since the pro side is overwhelmingly longer, he comes to the conclusion that, my God, it's unbearable to imagine to spend one's whole life as a genderless worker bee, imagining spending the whole day in a dirty house. Instead, imagine the picture of a soft-spoken woman. So, Mary, 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 QED, quod erat demonstrandum. He had already scoped out Emma Wedgwood, the daughter of the porcelain maker Josiah Wedgwood, out of practical reasons. In this way, he didn't have to search for very long, and he already knew her since their childhood. Also, the fortune of her father didn't hurt, combined with his own meant he could be self-employed and without cash worries could follow his studies. In his journal, he writes on the 29th of January, 1839, today, at the age of 30 years, married. Oh, and the earthworm? Indeed, the theme of earthworms was one of the subjects which occupied him on his return from the beagle almost as much as the whole origin of species. Already in 1837, he published, according to his observation in the garden of his uncle and later father-in-law, <clears throat> published an essay over these, quote, untroubled creatures that in their uncounted millions have formed the land just as the corals have the tropical sea. The Geological Society was a little um, irritated over this very profane paper. They had expected something a little bit more grandiose of Darwin. Even if Darwin did keep returning to natural selection and the geological themes, the subject of earthworms, he never quite let go completely. In his garden, he conducted experiments of the contribution in composting earth and experimented with chalks and stones and observed over a long period of time to which depths the earthworms could go. In his measurements, 2.2 uh, millimeters in per year, by the way. And when he noticed with the birth of his grandchild in 1876 that he was no longer the youngest, he did finally decide to write another book about earthworms before he, quote, spends the rest of his time in their company. He realized that the influence of the earthworms 
in the process of soil creation, as well as in geological and evolutionary processes, a gradual, hardly detectable, and over a long time period, but yet a large effect had, but which could have a large effect. And besides his observations of human artifacts like Stonehenge and Roman ruins, which in this case, he was interested in how far the worms were responsible for that the ruins sank. But as mentioned, he also experimented with worms at his house. He gave them stimulus like bright light, temperature, noise, namely his uh, experiments with the flute and piano, different foods, namely that they seem to like carrots the best, their sex drive, which was strong enough to overcome their fear of the light. And he was especially impressed by the rudimentary intelligence, which they proved by pulling leaves in the most efficient way with the pointed end first, which proved to Darwin that they had a fundamental understanding of forms. And all these realizations he finally published in 1881 in the book The Formation of Vegetable Mold Through the Action of Worms, also known as Worms. And the final work before his death, the excessive experiments with instruments and his own voice, all summarized in one single sentence, worms do not have a sense of hearing. The Secret Cabinet is a member of the Dark Myths Collective. The podcast of the month is Dominic Perry's The Egyptian History Podcast, which makes sense because it's a classic. Find links to the Dark Myths Collective, Agora, and all my other projects like the history of Germany, or Africa, a history at podcastnick.com. That's podcastnik.com. I'm Travis Dow, and thanks for listening.